Guys, welcome back to Uncensored Advice for Men. My name is Josh. I'm your host. Uh, on today's show, we've got a special guest. I, I was recommended a book. I read it, and then I reached out to the author and the, and the team, and, and uh, we got him on the show. So, hey, Morgan, why don't you tell us about who you are and uh, the book you just recently released? Yeah, thanks, Josh. When I saw the name of the Uncensored, it just grabbed me because I went, that's what we need, right? Like just the no, no bullshit gospel of life. Right? We all want life and we want to make it last. And that's the big dilemma, Josh, is we're all looking for life, as you know, and we all want it to last. And, and the dilemma is how do we actually recover life in a world that is flashy of things that actually don't satisfy, right? They appear like their life. And especially in a religious context, there'll be things that look a little bit like God, smell a little bit like God, but they don't have the fruit. And Jesus says, you'll know them by their fruit. So what is the fruit of the things in which are presenting the message of life? And so for me, Josh, I think what I'd say is a young boy, I was always passionate, adventurous, intense, found myself leading in a lot of realms. But the day I graduated high school, what I realized was I won the world and I lost my soul. I think the best way I'd describe it, Josh, I looked in the mirror and what I saw was, I can't explain this theologically, but I saw a young man without a soul. I went to bed that night with fear going, if I die, like, what will I say to God? Because I know in my heart of hearts, it was all about me. This whole story that I built, 4.23 GPA, student government president, the Barbie doll girlfriend, it was all about me. And I knew that I wasn't meant to be the center of the story. And so I went on a quest and I knew that God was the answer, but I, the places that I had seen him were woefully inadequate and deeply unattractive. And so I went on a quest and what I found over four years was I was the one being hunted. I was being pursued and I gave my life trust and confidence to God. But what I found was I was still a boy in a man's body. I was a boy in a man's world. So my faith was strong. I hadn't developed. I hadn't gone through what I would name as a process of initiation. I hadn't become wholehearted. And I knew there was more to the gospel than salvation. And it had to do with restoration. And it had to do with masculinity. And I didn't know where to find it, how to make it last, but I went searching and asking questions. And so the next 20 years of my life was taking my dreams and desires and my pain and taking the risk of replacing the exclamation points in my view of reality with question marks and starting to ask the questions. And I asked the wisest, oldest men I could find. It ended up being over 75 men over a two-year period. And through that time, I recovered what looked like, Josh, like a treasure map. It wasn't new, but it was newly recovered. It was something that I think Jeremiah whispered about in 616, where he says, ask, stand at the crossroads, ask, look, watch, find the ancient path, the tried and true way that leads to life, that leads to rest for your soul. And so I recovered a path and a treasure map, and I felt like part of my stewardship of this upside down path was to make it available to others. But the reality, the irony of it was, it was a path that wasn't cheap, wasn't quick, 
It wasn't easy. When the world said build, it says excavate. When the world says find a shortcut, it says do the slow and steady. When the world says leverage your power, it says yield your power and focus on becoming the kind of person that can be entrusted with power. And so that's my story of partnering with John Eldridge with Wild of Heart over 22 years, taking a lower seat and taking the slow and steady road. And I felt like I have a treasure and I want to share it with other men uncensored. <laughs> well, this is a place for you, sir. Uh, so the, the book is called Becoming a King. Um, how did you choose that title? Uh, for becoming a king because you know like you talk about becoming a man right becoming a real man but you know you chose a title becoming a king is is yeah you know it's funny called to be a king yeah we were just chatting before the podcast this is my 57th podcast recording on becoming a king and no one's asked that question it's pretty wild so you're the first first again (laughs) you're the first again right on so many levels So Josh, it's an interesting title because I was very intentional. You know, the women and the women in publishing didn't want me to use that title. And I don't know if I should actually say that, but it's released. And so we're uncensored. So I fought for that title and I, and I, in humility, I gave up a lot of battles, but that's one I felt like God said, don't give it up. And here's why desire reveals design and design reveals destiny. Okay, and so here's the dilemma, is what have men done with power? What have men done with the role of reigning over a kingdom? It's a disaster. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a, you know, a, a mess. Go on Google right now and look at the top 10 news stories of today or yesterday, and most of them will be stories of men mishandling power. And so power's gone terribly wrong. You know, Dallas Willard says the primary work of God is finding men in whom he can entrust his power. And the story of most men is being entrusted with power and it bringing harm to themselves and those under their care. And that causes me pause because isn't that the story, not just of Google News, and, but actually the story of all human history in every age. But the issue is not the power. The issue is what we've done with it. And so what I believe is we have to recover the design that comes out of desire. What we have to recover is the most important thing you can know about any human being is that we bear the image of God. Below the sin, below the corruption, below the perversion, every one of us bears the image of God and is glorious in gender-specific ways. And a man was meant to be entrusted with power. But the issue becomes like the tattoo on your arm. These fundamental questions of who have I become and who am I becoming? And how do I become the kind of man, the kind of king in whom God is glad to entrust the care of his kingdom? Hmm. All right. So I'm going to give you kind of a fork in the road and you get to choose like a, okay. like a choose your own story, right? Okay. So one, we could talk about, I could, I could drill some questions on, you know, a little controversial, the gender specific thing, because the, a lot of men are under attack of what is being a man and what is not being a man. You know, what's really funny right now. I just looked at my door and my wife is making funny gestures, trying to make me laugh. <laughs> it's awesome. Hey, we're it's on awesome. a man podcast. You can come in and do the gender piece. I'll share and then let's ha- let your wife share on gender. There you go. All right. So the, the option one 
is the gender specific, which is a little controversial, but I'll, I'll go there with you. And then op- option two is you, you mentioned like this path to becoming a man, right? So we could either go one path, option one, or option two, Morgan, you get to choose. Okay, it's interesting because let me be really honest with you. I'm tempted to go gender okay. because I'm not afraid of controversy and conflict. And I, this is the uncensored and let's be authentic. And there are some things that I think are important to say about that. But in my spirit, it feels like in all humility, I think we're supposed to go on that path in the, in the process of initiation, which is, I, I think, the bending. So we can go both. But that's my honest reaction is here's where I'm willing to go, but here's where I think we ought to go. All right. So let's start there. And if we have extra time, we'll go into, uh, we'll go into gender stuff. So on the path to becoming a man, right? I, I read uh, back in the day, I wrote, uh, read the book uh, Iron John, right? And it talks about yes. the, the past path to masculinity, right? And there I was, the first time I read it, I was 36 years old. My coach who said, Josh, you're a boy trapped in a man's body, essentially. Mm. He says, you've never really developed a few things on the path to masculinity. And I was offended. And then, you know, so he took me on a journey. I read that book. I read the Wild at Heart series by John. And then I read a, a bunch of other books. Uh, I read the, uh, the Heart of a Warrior, Michael Thompson, and, and just yes. a few other really solid books. We, we've interviewed him. Great, great guy. And and then I, I came across your book because Audible did a great job and they go, hey, you like Michael's book. Maybe you'd like Morgan's book. And, you know, I saw it. And I'll tell you, if your book said becoming a man, I would have just passed it off. When mm. it said becoming a king, because I've been under attack uh, with insecurity, like, and uh, feeling inadequate, right? M- just going through some major failures, some major losses. And I've been attacked, right? Like just in my own head, between my own ears, feeling worthless. So when I saw that, I go, all right, this is, I, I keep seeing this message. Maybe it was your marketing or maybe whatever. And becoming a king, I go, I don't feel like a freaking king, but I yes. know the Bible, right? I've read the Bible and, I, and it says that we are, but I don't feel it. So yes, your title made me read it. Mm. So yeah, I'm, go for it. I'm really, glad to, I'm really glad to hear that because that's, again, it's speaking to desire. The reason why it made you read it is because you are, right? And now the question is, since you are a king, how do you become a king? It's not, it's not format. It's not like building a house. It is your identity. It is your destiny. And so it's cooperative. It's actually responding to a father that's orchestrating your process of initiation to become what you are. And that's so different because Josh, when to become a man right? It feels like, well, it's up to me. I'm a boy in a man's body. Now I have to become a man. It feels like pressure. And that thing of, I don't feel like a king, the distinction is, but you are a king. And so now how do you become a king? It's just like we are the sons of God, but most of us massively live out of an orphan spirit and a spirit of slavery. When you talk to most men, say, do you feel behind anywhere? (laughs) Yep. Okay, what's in that laugh? Where do you feel behind, Josh? Let's just be honest for a minute. Just name something. All right, so uh, financially, uh, stability, right? Like a lot of the stuff we built, it just crumbled. Uh, So financially, stability, uh, in my own like personal growth, like I thought by the time I got this age, 
I would have all my stuff together, right? I thought, of course. Like, if you looked at Josh, you'd be like, man, that guy has his shit together. Now, people look at me, and, and we talk a lot about, we prayed before about self-promotion. Yes. Dude, I'm an expert. People look at me, and they reach out to me, and they're like, hey, we want you to fund our business. And they don't realize that I just went through a major failure that wiped us out, right? Like, yes. But I'm, yes. I'm good at, right? at, at positioning, and we all are. But uh, so I'm behind. It feels okay. like, and I have that anxiety. Like I'll wake up and I'll go one more deal, one more deal, one more deal, and I start stacking things. And then I so you just name. <laughs> so you just named something. By the way, well done. Way to go. Way to go there. Your smile is it's authentic, right? You just pulled your pants down, and right, everyone's it, we're hey, just it's cold in off here. The fig leaves. <laughs> That's right. right. We're we're taking off the fig leaves, right? We all have engineered this elaborate fig leaf that just self-protects. But when we could look at most men's symptoms, what they're medicating, they feel behind, right? I had one buddy a couple years ago say, I feel behind like in my yard work, like the crabgrass is beating me. Like, and I don't even care about my yard and I still feel behind. That incessant sense of I am behind is rooted in a condition of fatherlessness. And so the Bible says God is our father, but we don't believe that because actions reveal beliefs 100% of the time. And so what you have to do is look at your actions. Look at when your wife's car breaks down and what do you feel, right? Or, hey, honey, there's water in the basement. There's a lot of it. I don't know where it's coming from. Call me back, yeah. right? Yeah. Whatever your knee-jerk reaction is in that moment, that's your theology. It's not your creedal statements in a Bible or on a wall or on your Instagram. It's what comes out of the heart of the man. And so this idea of kingship is really important. We all have a kingdom. We all have a realm in which we have say, where what we want done is done, right? Where we decide, you and I decided, I blew it. I was late for our podcast. And it was the first one of 57 on becoming a king that I was late to, but I confessed and we both sense from the spirit, like, let's go anyways. Right. And I can feel the spirit with us, which is really joyful, but we all have a kingdom. I, I was irresponsible in my time management today over my kingdom, but I didn't go to shame because I'm walking with God, doing the best I can. I made an honest mistake. I asked for forgiveness. We all have a kingdom. My son has a kingdom. When he turned 13, he was given a cell phone. He was one of the young, uh, oldest guys in his group to get a cell phone. And we had a moment. We prayed over it. It was a rite of passage. And Josh, I felt two things. I felt sadness. And, and when I really searched my heart to say, why do I feel sad? What I finally named was my son's kingdom is expanding beyond my borders. And I'm not okay with that. You're out of control what, of it. I'm yeah. out of control. Exactly. I'm a man that wants to be in control. And now I cannot control what he does. But also with that sadness, I felt this joy because unlike me at 13, that would have wrecked a cell phone if it existed. He's ready. He was on time. He was a 13-year-old in a 13-year-old boy's body, Right he had gone through his initiation and it was on time. And so his kingdom was expanding and he was ready. And I was able to say, son, I bless you with this. You have room to fail. You have room to make mistakes. This is where we practice. 
but there's a lot of leverage in this phone and there's great responsibility and you're ready for this. So let's do it together. I trust you. I bless you. Let's keep the lines of communication open. And so his kingdom was expanding. We all have a kingdom because we all are kings and queens in God's kingdom because we rule and reign in gender specific ways as men and women. And so how is your kingdom and how are the people and the things entrusted to your care? It's a very important question. Ooh, that is a good question. All right. So in this, you know, I, I'm taking as many notes as I can on, on the path to becoming a man, right? There's, there's kind of like the, the chosen where you get knighted. Okay. You're a man. And in the United States, they call it like maybe 18. You start becoming a man when you get pubes and, and erections, right? Or yep. whatever the case may be. I don't know the, the specific thing of when you start to become a man, but you become a man according to the United States when you could carry a gun and, and, and go to war, right? So in the United States, there's some type of initiation, but I was 18 and I, was, I didn't feel like a man. I was 35 and I didn't feel like a man. I had kids, I've had sex, drugs, rock and roll. I've had jobs, I've run into fires. I've, I've had adventures and I've, like, I've done a lot of stuff, but I didn't feel like a man. And, and you know, one of the things that I read is I might have missed a step, an initiation, yes. a process. Yes. All right. So kind of, can you give us maybe a highlight or an overview of maybe some of these steps so that guys could do a gut check? Guys are really good at going, okay, what's broken? Okay. I might be stuck at level two, right? So maybe could you give us some guidance there? I would love to, because you're on to gold and I can't give you tips and techniques, right? <laughs> this isn't a step one through 10 of how to become a man right? That's the beautiful mess of it. God raises the condition of fatherlessness in our story so that he can heal it. Mm. He will pull the thread enticing and disrupting us that begins the steady and slow agony of unraveling, unraveling the kingdom that we've built, right? Jesus causes the falling and rising of kingdoms. We like the rising. We hate the falling. But yeah. that's what he does. Do you notice how often he just whoosh, one sentence and just pulls the string that unravels the whole sweater that a man calls his warm blanket, right? And so I can't give you the steps, but here's what I can tell you. God is the divine thwarter. And in a severe mercy, he will raise the condition not to punish, but as Paul says, it's enduring hardships treating you as a son. And so it has to be a question back to you is what's not working? What's not working today? Where do you feel exposed? Where do you feel unsure, unsteady, uncomfortable, uninitiated? So let me give you an example. Yeah. I turned 16. I was given the keys to a very expensive car that I didn't pay for. I didn't earn. I didn't know how to put air in the tires, but my dad was a professional. He grew up very much in poverty. His dad grew up in poverty. He was going to make his way in the world. He became a successful doctor, a laser surgeon. And so what he had was money. What he didn't have was time. And so he gave me the keys to his business car. I drove to a park. I sat on the hood of my car. And just like you described, Josh, it was this American horrific moment of non-initiation where I guess I'm a man. Now I'm a man because I have the keys to a fancy car, right? And, and we were meant to have father-centered initiation, 
but pure centered initiation is terribly damaging. Self-initiation is terribly damaging, but we need to recover father-centered initiation. So at 15, 16, I was on my own, in my own soul. Fast forward, my son you know, has had the privilege of spending 16 years of living in this message because I came into this before I was even married. And so now he's 16. And when he turned 15, he started making some really good choices. And I was sideways over it. I, I had actually anxiety when I saw my son making really good choices with his money, with women, with his phone. And it, it threw me for a while. And then I realized, oh, my son's health is actually raising the 15-year-old in me that's a traumatized boy. What I didn't know, Josh, is there was still a 15-year-old in me that had yet to be initiated. Now, here I am at 43, right? There's a 43-year-old in me, part of me, but there's part of me that's stuck at 15. But now, because of this worldview of initiation of the masculine soul, I was able to have compassion towards that 15-year-old and ask the question, what does he need? And so I just asked, what does a 15-year-old need? And so that's an important question. I paid attention. I saw the 15-year-old in me present, and I knew what he needed. And so this is what we did. It's, it's a blizzard, and I need to put up firewood for the winter. And so I invite Joshua's 15-year-old football team over. And I'm one of the guys. And we have chainsaw session, and I teach them how to use the chainsaw. We're blocking wood and splitting it. And I have lunch, and I do it 15-year-old style. Fried chicken, no plates no side dishes, everything my wife would be disappointed in, right? Way too much food. I paid them way too much money for their time. They complained. I complained. We were in the snow. It was awesome. And what I was <laughs> doing was tending to the 15-year-old in me. And so there we are, my son at 15 and his dad at 15, both of us being healed, being initiated in the 15-year-old place. And I can tell you, Josh, something transpired in that day. Just like Iron John talks about, there's an actual substance that tra transfers from man to man in that proximity of masculine fellowship of a bunch of boys with a father who loves us. I got something back. Something was healed. Something was restored. And I became a little bit more of a wholehearted man that day. Ooh. You know, I, I, I feel the same. Um, you know, we spent some time uh, with some family this weekend and, and I was, I all, wherever I go, I try to be with my, you know, my nephews and nieces. I, I love my family. I love my kids and my nephews and nieces. I want to, I want to care for them, but I got the boys, right. And they're, they're three years old. Right. So my son and then my, my, my nephew and uh, we played dinosaurs and we just like wreck stuff and I pushed them down and we wrestled. And we, <laughs> it's and awesome. It was fun, man. We played in the water, but uh, you know, maybe I had a, a part of like a, a place where I just didn't get to be, you know, maybe initiated, you know, from that, from that stage. But it was, uh, I, I think it's such a weird thing. Like I almost preferred you just go, Hey, here are the 12 steps to becoming a man. Here totally. we go. What, what level are you at Josh? You know, like totally. that's what I wanted. <laughs> well, here's, you know? here's, Here's what I'll give you instead as a Budweiser yeah. commercial. Okay. It's one of my favorite commercials years ago in the Super Bowl. I'm not sure if people remember this, but it, it was a bunch of guys doing their thing 
whatever their thing was for their team to win the Super Bowl. So one chubby guy's got his head, his arm wrapped around the head of his bald buddy and he's rubbing it, right? The other ones are doing this chant with their arms, doing this hand jive thing. Guys have their face painted. Everyone's doing their thing. And then their team wins. And the screen says, it's only weird if it doesn't work. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Like that's the gospel. That's the gospel. Jesus is really weird. I just want to pause on that because what I'm saying is weird is never separated from love. Okay, wacky is just wacky. I'm not into wacky, right? Like, but I'm into weird for the sake of the love. And here's the distinction is in one moment, Jesus needs to heal a person. And so he spits in the mud and rubs it in someone's eyes and now they're not blind. Like I've never seen that be recommended from a hospital or a church, right? Mm. And in one moment, he he kicks people out of the synagogue and he he literally throws money. You get between people and their money, okay, that's dangerous. Yeah. He throws money with a floor that's made of probably some sort of like hewn stone and just the sound of coins clattering, right? And in one moment, he says, to hell with you. Like, you know, you brood of vipers is this, this posture. And then the next moment, he's tending to the cripple. And then the next moment, he's with children. He, he's unpredictable. And he's very weird. But the fruit is always love and restoration of the kingdom. So it's only weird if it doesn't work. So our friends out there that say, this is weird. He's talking about 15-year-old and fried chicken and chainsaws. Like, I thought this was supposed to be Christian restoration. Well, it's only weird if it doesn't work. And so what is the fruit of your life? And if the fruit of your life and the fruit of the gospel that you're living is life as Jesus presents life was meant to be, then you might be onto the gospel. But the gospel you have, if it ain't the life that Jesus says is available here and in eternity, whatever you have, it's something, but it's not the gospel. Mm. It's only weird if it doesn't work. It's only weird <laughs> if it doesn't work. I'll go, I'll go talk to my wife about that one and see, see how that works out. <laughs> let, her, let her know. Ask her what she thinks. Yeah, awesome. So, uh, Morgan, like as, as guys are listening into this, right, one of the big things that I really got out is this initiation into manhood from other men, right? So this, this community of guys that initiate each other and, and um, you know, like initiate younger and pull them up, right? Like it's, it's a part of our mission to, to pull other guys up to dis and the Bible would call it like discipleship, right? But like, what happens for the guy? I know we only have a few minutes, but what about the guy out there who doesn't have the friends out there or the, the old guys to lift them up or to encourage them or, you know, what about that guy who, who doesn't have an initiation and he's stuck? Yeah, Josh, I, I can answer that with, with, with genuine care because I was that guy. I was all alone from the moment I sat on the hood of that car and I made a decision. I guess I'm a man and life is up to me. It wasn't until about 12, 13 years later where I began asking questions and I began saying, God, you must be a father, but I'm an orphan. And I don't know what to do. I don't know who to ask. I don't know where to turn. I don't even know what to ask. 
I remember when someone laid out a gospel that actually felt like life for the first time. It was a teacher and I went to his office and I said to him, I'm in. You just laid out something that's life. I'm in. I finally found a man that had a piece. And he said, okay, what are your questions? I had, I said, I have no idea what my questions are. I don't know what my questions are. Just teach me, show me the path of life. Like, I don't know. And he said, apprenticeship in the kingdom of God is always shaped by the questions. You have to find your questions. Henry Nouwen said, answers before questions do harm to the soul. And so how do you recover your questions? So for that man, first, I would say, what are your questions? Where is your pain? What is not working? Stay there. Don't rush by that. Who have I become? That's an important question. And who am I becoming? These are central questions to masculine initiation. And now here's the risk. What if that soul with all those questions was born into a father-centered reality that's been stolen from us, that's been perverted, but at its center, we were born into a story that we are not the epicenter. God, our father, is at work. He is orchestrating our initiation. And even through this podcast, he's opening yet again a narrow gate back to the narrow road that leads to life. And so if you come with courage and curiosity and say, God, you are my father, but I confess there are ways that I have learned you wrong and I invite you to father me. And so would you, God, begin to cleanse my interpretation Give me eyes to see and a heart to believe that you are at work. You're the center of the story. I'm your son and I belong to you. And so how are you fathering me? What is next in my initiation? What do you want to do for me and with me? Let's do that. All right, guys. If, uh, so for, first of all, thanks, Morgan. That was awesome. And like that turned into like a, a prayer for me that came out of my heart. So guys, as you're listening into this, man, like if you felt like even as he was talking, you're like, man, I, something's resonating there. Um, something's ringing true. You might need to, you know, go back 30 seconds or, or a minute and re-listen to that. And maybe even if, if you believe in prayer or if you want to believe in prayer or God or whatever, maybe just go back and, and repeat in what, what Morgan was saying as a, as a prayer for yourself and your own soul. Uh, Morgan, for guys who are out there who what you're saying resonates with them, where could they find you, learn more information about you and what you're doing? Yeah, we are just scratching the surface. I mean, I could tell Josh, even if it was me and you and no audience, we could go for three hours. I have so many questions for you and I'm just proud of you. I just want to pause and say, well done. And not your accomplishments but your authenticity, not your success or your failures, but what you're choosing to do with them. Well done. I, we're just scratching the surface. And my hope is that some nugget in this conversation for each listener is enticing, is disrupting, and something in their souls going, you have my attention. I'm curious. You know, curiosity is the sign of an alive soul. And so there's 20 years of content. There's a body of work of gleaning from the ancient path and these wise elders. And I've put that together all in blogs and podcasts, but all of that 
is centered around becoming a king, the book and the video series and more. And you can find all that at becomingaking.com. Okay. And I'll put those links in the, in the show notes below. So guys, as you're, if you're listening, then you could always go to Uncensored Advice for Men and you could click on this episode and go directly to you know, the links here and, and connect with Morgan and the team. But uh, Morgan, thanks for coming on. Guys, listening in, my ask for you is that you always go out to our guests and say, thank you for being on the show. Take a look at the work that they're doing. They put in the time, energy, and effort to serve you guys. So uh, reach out to them, buy their books, find their stuff, and connect with them. All right, guys, thanks for coming on the show. Morgan, stand by. You and I will have a quick powwow, and uh, we'll talk to you all on the next episode. See you guys.